0: That video introduced the theme that we brought forward last Sunday morning on Vision Sunday to share that we reveal, we believe God is revealing to us that he is calling us this year as a church to be rooted, to go deeper in Christ and to be stronger together. This week we had the video and need to see the words within it. Last Sunday we had Ryan, one of our team members, come up and share what was on his heart as we unpacked uh, the, the sense of the vision and the scriptures. And he shared with you where, where his gifting fit and connected. I encourage you to go back and watch last Sunday's, um, last Sunday's message and hear Ryan's unpacking of it. You can see uh, what Jonathan and the team have put together for bringing this video or bringing this theme to, uh, to, to video, to life for us, to embrace and understand. Let, let me repeat some of the words that you just saw up on the screen. What does living by faith really look like? It looks like a seed planted in the truth of God's word. And as it grows, it produces fruit, things like hope, peace, forgiveness. As we spend time with Jesus, he calls us to go deeper in relationships and in love. He teaches us that we are stronger together and that there is beauty in our diversity In Christ, we are complete, secure, alive. Are you ready to go further this year? Ready to press in and say, oh, I want to hang on to the roots of Jesus. I want to hang on to the truth of Jesus Christ. I want to be, oh, it's coming back again. (laughs) The team's ready for it. They want it more. Um, But as, as I shared this last week of rooted, deeper, stronger, Um, Some of you got to see this video of a bean seed uh, through time-lapse being planted and then starting to grow. And I want to bring this video back for you this morning because I want to bring you some fun facts about the bean seed, all right? Um, The bean, (laughs) yeah, the bean. Last week I I said, oh, it's just a bean, and one of our uh, gardeners said, it's not just a bean. So I had to dig a little deeper to find out some fun facts about the bean. Do you know there's a National Bean Day? It's January 6th. We just missed it by 20 days. Beans have been cultivated by humans for 6,000 years. If we look at the literal timeline of God and actual date of time, yeah, that would be when he created the bean plant. Catch this little fun fact. In Nicaragua, newlyweds are given a bowl of beans for good luck. I tell you, I never wanted to eat beans on my honeymoon. I'm not sure about you. You'd need all the luck you can get if you're going to eat them when you're with your honey. An archaeologist in the 1980s was working in New Mexico and came across a clay pot sealed with pine tar containing bean seeds that were 1,500 years old. They took those seeds, planted them, and they grew. (laughs) Beans are resilient. They're persevering. Beans can still produce fruit in their old age. 1,500 years old. I quote that scripture to remind all of us, regardless of our age. Beans can be made into burgers, cakes, drinks, pies, fudge. Please don't bring me bean fudge, okay? Mine has to have chocolate in it. Beans can be made into jewelry, furniture, you know, beanbag chairs, toys, musical instruments. We've covered that already. Um, Beans can be used for multiple things. Our own horticulturalist here came and greeted me after last Sunday of talking about beans and plants, and and he said, Brian, do you know that a bean plant is one that can continue to produce fruit all year round? It's only Canada's cold that stops it from producing, but in the right environment, it would continue to produce fruit in all seasons. Guess whose God made the bean seed? Our God. He could produce fruit in all seasons. It's one of the fastest growing crops. And I say, God, thank you for this illustration. (laughs) Thank you for showing us of what in one of your creations you did of creating something that would expand its roots to go deep down. Those roots would grow deep. Thank you for showing us so that when you call us to be rooted to go deeper with Jesus Christ this year. We've got some image and vision picture here of what it means to press down and what it can look like to produce fruit that is continuous in every season. But have you ever tried to transplant a bean plant (laughs) or any flower or plant? What's important for us to keep in mind if we're transplanting something in our vegetable or flower gardens? We need to make sure we get all the roots, right? Right? And bring all the roots with us because in the roots is key for that growth to continue to go forward. And so we desire to go into all the roots of Jesus Christ this year. And we desire to see God continue to grow in us. uh, To make us into being a plant that thrives and grows and produces fruit continuously. Well, I believe God's reshaping the garden of our staff team here at the church a little bit. And he's doing it because he's getting ready for growth and for more fruit. I want to share some of this transition that's happening. Do you know that we have 30 staff full and part-time here at the church? If you add in our KCA, our Christian Academy, we're closer to over 40 when you add in the staff of our teachers and principal and the team there. If you add in our by-design arts academy that teaches dance lessons and vocal lessons and instrumental lessons, we're on our way to 50 now of all the staff that make up Koinonia. And as I see that staff, I, I recognize that these are the team members that God has called to cultivate the garden, the church, to equip and to empower and so I see God strategically doing that, and then sometimes I've been praying over this year is, how is God repositioning us to be stronger, to work his garden in effective ways? And let me give you some of the updates. One of the, our team members who's been putting down roots here for some time is Stacey Musselman. And Stacy, he first started with our KCA office in bringing support, and then she joined our operations in bringing uh, admin support to our operations team. You may most be familiar with her as she steps on platform and leads out in worship where her heart and gifting also is. Well, we've created a role. We've wanted to um, uh, specify a role of HR director. And stacy has been growing in this out of some teaching and insight, but also her own passion and interest. And so she is going to be our HR director going forward and making sure watching over staff and making sure we're complying in all areas. Now, let me tell you about another staff transition as well. This one is related to Pastor Joseph. And Pastor Joseph, uh, you may be most familiar with his pastoral heart, his preaching voice, his passion when he prays. And Joseph, more formally, has been on our staff as our operations director. And in the last recent years, he has been doing some teaching over at Conestoga College. And he's been bringing there his enjoyment of teaching, but his love for technology. And been teaching the students at the college. And and he and I have been praying over this last year, year and a half, about where is God positioning him for his future at Koinonia. And we do believe it is time to release him to do some more teaching there. But the excitement is he's going to continue to still bring his pastoral heart and gifts here in the house. In fact, you're going to hear from him yet this morning in this area of gifting. He wants to continue to serve the vision that God has given this house. So I'm excited for, for what he, he is stepping into for, for him and for us in a new way. And I'm also excited to announce that Tammy Editch has said yes to stepping forward to be our new operations director. And Tammy has been on the team for a number of years, and she's been giving great support to a divine team. But she comes from a lot of leadership and corporate background and and even church planting that I just see her leadership strength is going to add to our team where God is going to grow us and take us forward. This transition of operations director officially will happen March 1st, but it's already happening with training and some moving forward. So some excitement is coming there. And I believe God is truly positioning us, staff and volunteers, us as a church body, for, so that he can accomplish the vision he has for us in 2020. We want to be rooted in him. We want to go deeper with Christ so that we can be stronger together. I'm only catching glimpses of what I think God has in store for us. Let's enter into it this year together. I've just highlighted to you a little bit about our staff team. But do you know this? If you were to guess, rhetorical question coming, if you were to guess how many people serve on a Sunday morning in our HELPS departments, uh, the people who uh, help you park, find a parking spot, those who greet you at the door, those who serve on cafe, what would be your guesstimate, rhetorical question, what would be your guesstimate of that? Doing the math for this morning, Sunday, 45 people serve in those behind the scenes or somewhat in front greeting connection pieces to welcome you so that you can come in and get ready to hear from God. Or to welcome, most importantly, our guests who don't know God and are trying to find their way to the Father's heart. Koinonia Kids, those who are served with our kids ministry in both services throughout the morning, the total is 40 people serve in that area. When you look at our worship team up here, I didn't know if you did a count. Hopefully you weren't counting worship leaders this morning. I did because I was counting. Worship team, production, all those who are serving in some of these areas, there's over 35 that step in to serve and bring their gifts. And I believe of that 120, just on a Sunday, is so that we can bring forward the vision that God has of saying, Jesus is the way to the Father. Find the love of the Father through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're not serving in some capacity inside the church or outside the church, I want to encourage you to to step into it because you will experience being part of a bigger team, a greater vision than your own that God has in store for all of us. Our staff, teams, and volunteers are embracing this new vision. I love what I see of the creativity coming out because I'm not sitting with Jonathan, our video um, guy, and and (laughs) saying... Jonathan, here's what I want, and make it look like this and do that. He and Ryan, they just come and they say, they pray into it, and they're like, what what does this look like, God? How do I articulate this? And out of them and their gifts that God has put in them comes what we get to see and experience. God has that inside of each one of you. I don't mean necessarily to be a videographer, I mean to bring your gift and see what God wants to light out of you, What fruit will come out of your life and the excitement that we as a church celebrate and the world sits up and takes notice and says, that's not just made by man. God's at work in this church, amen? Let me bring you back to Colossians chapter 2 from last Sunday. Colossians chapter 2 and Paul's words. And after I read these verses, I'm going to call a couple women to come up and share a testimony uh, of their experience this weekend about Jesus Let me first read Paul's words in Colossians 2, verse 6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Paul is writing to encourage these believers not to be distracted or or sidetracked by the things of the world. He says, Focus on Jesus Christ. Be built up in him, rooted in him. Let him feed you, as we talked about last week, the nutrients that come from the soil. Let Christ feed and strengthen your faith, just like you've been taught, and overflow with thankfulness, because God's going to work through that thankfulness. Can I invite up um, Alicia and Jordana? Come on up here and join me. They were two women who were a part of Encounter Weekend, which was Friday night and all day Saturday encounters an opportunity to step into some deeper teaching about Jesus Christ and allow, as they yielded to God, allowed him to bring up new things in their life. Come on over, ladies. Right over here. Allow, and they were stepped into this to say, I want God to work in my life in, because I just need him here. But God revealed some new things that they weren't aware of that he wanted to work in. So I invite you to share. least you're going to go first? Second, please. All right. <laughs> Share that mic with Jordana. Jordana, jump in and share okay. with us.
1: Um, so, yeah, I went to an encounter, and uh, we were doing a workshop, and this prayer I wrote down that I will share with you all. Yeah. Um, so, it's a prayer of letting go of the lie and accepting the truth. So, it says, Dear Heavenly, sorry, Dear Father in Heaven, I humble myself before you, the Almighty, the All-Knowing, All-Compassing God. For years, Father, I have believed that I am unlovable, diseased, second best, unworthy of the life you have presented me. The lie that I will always be alone and unloved. Today, January 25th, 2020, in the presence of the witnesses at Encounter, I renounce these lies and any level of demonization they held in my life. I declare that I am a child of God, beautiful, boldly created in your image. You call me by my name. You loved me before I existed in this world. I declare the truth that you love me. I am worthy of love and to be loved. I am more than the events that have tied me down and taken me away from you. In Jesus, in Jesus' strong and beautiful name, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to help me live according to this glorious truth. I pray in your powerful name, amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Jordana, you are loved. And I love that you wrote down the date. Don't forget it, because your father told you so. Yeah. Alicia.
2: So first off, nobody told me this week it was going to be that intense. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know how I'm going to have tears left in my body, but they're going to come up, so don't you worry. (laughs) Mm. So I attended an encounter to determine if Koinonia was right for me, because 14 months ago... um, my former pastor that meant so much to me died in a motorcycle accident. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, take your time. (laughs) It's okay.
2: And so, I wanted to know if Pastor Brian and Rebecca Mm. and all of the rest of the team, if they cared about who Alicia Dietrich was or if I was just a number in a chair. So... Mm. I'm pleased to share with you that Koenonia is definitely my new home. (laughs) (laughs) So I've had a tough life like a lot of us here. The cards were stacked against me. I had a difficult hand filled with uh, sexual abuse and emotionally unavailable parents that often left me feeling alone. And um, so attending Encounter uh, gave me an incredible experience. And the most meaningful one that I want to share with you is when... Pastor Brian lined up about 15 facilitators that were to portray people in our lives, like fathers and mothers and brothers, and each of them took a turn reading a letter that was essentially them apologizing to us for their actions. So it was, you know, I I should have valued you as a daughter. I should have been there. I should have protected you. And uh, after each one read their letter, we had the opportunity to come forward and receive a hug from the person we felt most drawn to. And when we did so... Um, we could forgive that individual, and we could hear them directly say to us, I'm sorry. And so the people I chose to give hugs to was Pastor Brian acting as a father for me, Mm -hmm. um, uh, Rebecca as a mother for me, a a brother, and perhaps the most special was the individual standing as myself. And so I got to stand and hug myself and forgive myself, and that is hard to do. Yeah. Um, So just before I wrap things up here, I want to share something with you that has got me through my most dark days, and that is the serenity prayer. Mm -hmm. But I've kind of redone it because I like poetry. (laughs) Do do it Alicia style. it goes. (laughs) So please, God, continue to grant me the serenity so that I can see you're here to help me. Help me learn the precepts so that I can accept and learn the concept that there are just some things I cannot change. And it's a pain to stay this way, so let me recognize you and the courage I have to change the things I can do. Under your faith, I surrender to you. But please, Lord, bless me, but address me so that I have the wisdom to know the difference. Help me be persistent so I can go the distance. But in addition to your wisdom, help me realize I have a decision to be strong, a choice. And I'll never let someone fool this for weakness because this is nothing but strength. I'm taking control of my voice.
0: Amen. Thank you. Amen. I'll let you, have it. you can have it. Let me pray with you. Yeah. Father God, we thank you for awakening new voices, new prayers, new dates of declaration to say that I know that the lies are cut off and the truth is that you love me. Father, thank you for the power of forgiveness. And thank you for the outpouring of your love for both of these women. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you. (laughs) Those are just two of many more testimonies we could have here. Sharing the heart and passion of what God can do when you don't expect it. But you come and say, God, I want it. I want you. Coming back to Colossians... Because Paul's trying to encourage believers just the same as these two women to say and encourage each of us to say, what's the truth? How, why is it important to hold on to, to be rooted in Jesus? Listen to Paul's words in chapter 2, verse 2. Paul says, My purpose is that you may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that you may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that you may know the mystery of God, namely, Christ Jesus in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge Paul's coming to encourage these believers in the city of Colossae saying I want you to discover the mystery of God that's actually found in Jesus Christ Have you ever been tempted in your faith journey to say I believe in God and that's enough for me I know God exists and he did some creating way back there and I know he's still out there somewhere and he's almighty and and that's enough. (laughs) Well, I want you to know that's not enough for God because God says, I want you to get to know me through my son, Jesus. I've actually put a mystery, the mystery about me, I'm gonna reveal it in my son. Philip, one of the 12 disciples, was the one who said, Jesus, just show us the father (laughs) and that'll be enough for us. And Jesus said, oh, Philip, (laughs) look at me. What, Lord? Philip, look at me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. This year, Koinonia, I encourage you to take a deeper look at Jesus Christ. Because God is revealing the mystery of all time through him. He is a treasure filled with the wisdom and knowledge of God for us to receive and experience. Why is Jesus so important? These are some of the insights Let me give you a few more reasons that Paul spells out to the the Colossians in chapter 1. Let me reveal to you why we want to go deeper in Jesus Christ this year. Look at chapter 1, verse 15. What does it say there before you? It says, He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Jesus reveals the invisible God that we long to see. Jesus, in him, we can see and know God. We as a church believe that God is life. He's the source of life. He created life. He purposes life. He sustains life. Deuteronomy chapter 30 talks about God is your life. You want life? Get God. Because God brings life to you. Then we come to Jesus, and John, the apostle, reveals that life is also found in the Son. John chapter 1, verse 4. In Him was life, and this life was the light of all mankind. In Jesus Christ is life, because Jesus and the Father are one. And the life flows from the Father to the Son to each one of us who would turn in faith and trust in Him. And I love what Paul also reveals when he gets to chapter 3, saying, now Jesus, who is risen from the dead... This one full of life, the firstborn from the dead, is now seated at the right hand of the Father. So the two of them are inseparable. They are together and wanting to reveal the greater mysteries of their kingdom and their heart. And they do it now through the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Christ that is among us and in us who believe. But look at verse 16. All of creation was made by him and for him. By Jesus and for Jesus, all of creation was made by him. And you, some might think, well, wait a second. Wasn't it just God the Father who did the creating in the seven days and all of that in the garden? We well, go back and study and re- re- read that the Spirit of God hovered over those waters. The presence of the living being of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So Jesus was involved in the creation in the very beginning of time. And then it says it were made, creation was made by him and for him, so that he could come and speak the Father's words of truth back into all of creation. We also see in verse 17, he was born before all things, and in Jesus, all things hold together. He was created before all things. He was before all things, and in him, he holds all things together. With these words of truth, are you starting to see why Jesus is so important? Have you ever had somebody say to you, you need to get your life together? (laughs) And you're like, well, I'm trying, but I just can't pull all the pieces together. That's because you're not the one who's capable to do it. Jesus can pull all things together. I encourage you to look up Louis Giglio's teaching about this context of this verse. In him, all things are held together. Louis did a tour with Chris Tomlin a few years ago, and it was, How Great is Our God? And in his teaching, he unpacked about a cell module that holds our whole being together. Have you seen that teaching before? the The module, the cell module, is called uh, laminin, and it looks like. Well, you go read research and study, and you'll see what it looks like. You're going to see Jesus in the midst of this of how Jesus holds all of our being together. Verse 19, we read. Oh, sorry, look, back up a little bit. Verse 18. Jesus is the head of the body, that is the church. Jesus, Paul reveals it, is the head of the church. Not Pastor Brian, not the Pope, (laughs) not any other person here who would claim they are. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. That's why we come to seek him and worship him alone. He's the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead. John 1.1 declares this. In the beginning was the Word, capital W, And the Word, capital W, was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and the Word became flesh, John says. That's Jesus. In the very beginning, the firstborn, the firstborn first to rise from the dead as well. And among others, as we believe and trust in him, we too will rise with God victoriously. Then verse 19, God was pleased... To put all of his fullness into Jesus Christ. That alone should be why you consider Jesus Christ as important to worship. Because Almighty God took pleasure in putting his reputation, his love, his fullness into his son. To come to this hurting, broken world to tell us about the love of the Father. God was pleased with Jesus. So I think we can easily say we can be as well. You can go through, and I encourage you to read this book of Colossians. Don't just take my word for granted this morning. Take some time this week, this month, and read through the rest of the chapter. Because Paul says, he reveals how Jesus is the reconciler of all things on earth and in heaven. Sit there and think about that for a bit. Jesus is the reconciler of all things. He's the peacemaker through his blood. He rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Chapter 1, verse 13. He is working with the Father to redeem us and forgive us of all sins. It was done on the cross. And if you've received that that gift of life of Jesus Christ, then it's been done for you. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your Lord, it's ready for you to receive and to be set free, to be redeemed. Now, I've shared with you some of the reasons that Jesus Christ is, is important, is worthy. Why we want to be rooted in him. Pastor Joseph, come on up here and join me. I told you you'd hear more from his pastoral heart and voice. He's going to come and unpack what makes us stronger together. What is it that draws us together, this other part of our theme of stronger together? He's going to reveal a little bit more of this point as well. Brother, welcome. Welcome. I told them, I promised them, you'd still be here. And you kept your promise. You're here. <laughs> and you're bringing your heart. And I love, as, from the conversation we had earlier this week, we, you know, it's, it is a, a pleasure to be able to do this and dialogue through the day-to-day when you're fixing leaks or getting contractors signed up. And then we get into the Word. And you said, oh, Brian, i got to share this with you. So share what God put on your heart of what makes us stronger together.
3: So um, I, I woke up um, on Monday morning uh, to this thought um, uh as you, you proclaim you proclaim the lord's death till he comes. Um and the thought was in view of the Holy Communion, First Corinthians chapter eleven, that as often as you drink of this and, and eat of this bread, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And it seemed like a random thought because it was just something that was pulled out right from the middle of that scripture. But as I started to lend my heart to it and yield to the thought, I started to see that um, or reminded that um, every part of the life of Christ um, brings a certain thing to, to um, the body of Christ, to us. Uh, it deals with something. So his birth brought something to us. Mm-hmm. His life and his existence brought something to us. His death on the cross brought sovereignty. In fact, the suffering before the death and then the death on the cross brought something to us. His resurrection brought something to us. And he's seated at the right hand of God the Father. The Bible says, "Ever making intercession for us." Mm-hmm. So that brings something to us. So as as one started to, as I started to review this, I, I, I started to see that in fact, uh, God has been having this conversation with us um, about. You see, we, we look at the phrase uh, deeper, deeper in Christ, stronger together. They're not isolated phrases. They they're actually the same phrase. Um, you, you cannot do one without the other. Yeah, yeah. Right? They're, they're, yeah. they're together. So that's what God was having a conversation with us, Genesis chapter 4, um, Cain and Abel. Uh, Cain and Abel seemed like the story of two brothers, you know, and something was going on. Somebody's offering was accepted. Somebody's offering was not accepted. The point is, God asked him, where is your brother? And he responded in the negative, am I my brother's keeper? Yeah. And I believe that's the question God has been trying to answer throughout all eternity. That yes, we are indeed our brother's yeah, keepers. Yep. Now, the interesting thing about that was that uh, um, Cain had a problem with God. But he couldn't touch God. Yeah. So he took it out on his brother. Mm. So really, many of the challenges that we have, one with another are not really about us. They're really challenges that we're having with God. But we're taking it out on one another. Mm. And that's why the psalmist, Psalm 133 says, Oh, oh, how good and how pleasant it is that brothers and sisters dwell together in in unity. Uh, It goes on and gives us some visuals, you know, the oil that flows down the head of Aaron, and it gives us other visuals like the dew that's on the mountain. But it concludes that thought like this. He says, Because there, where? In the place of unity. Yeah. It says, There the Lord commands the blessing, Mm. not a blessing. The blessing. Yeah, bring it God. It's like the blessing that everybody is looking back, that, yeah. that real blessing. It's in the place of unity. Yeah. So when when I started to unpack that, I started to see that what Paul was actually saying in 1 Corinthians 11, and if you look at First Corinthians 11, it's clustered. Um, uh, I would say very quickly that it's clustered almost in three parts. Um, Just give, th- us, give th- us one cluster. The, the theologian <laughs> would say it's maybe four parts. But when you look at it, Paul is saying, he's saying what is wrong with you guys? Why are you so divided? Yeah. Some people are eating. Some people are not eating. One cluster. Yeah. But then there's another cluster. It says, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered unto you. Yeah. Well, hold on. You never saw Jesus. So how did you receive it? Yeah. We can talk about that later. <laughs> so, so, so it says, I received from the Lord. And then he goes on to start to say what he receives from God. And then as he starts to say, you remember, he's talking about how they behaved to each other. And they were divided. And he's saying that when you come to understand what you're doing in eating of this bread and drinking of this cup of covenant... When you start to understand it, he says, you start to proclaim the Lord's death till he come. And in proclaiming the Lord's death, what, one of the things that God's death does for us is it actually comes to take care of the fear that was existing in the human heart. Oh, yeah, between us. And it is that fear that causes a lot of the tension that is between us. Mm, right. The fears, the insecurities, yeah. the, the anger. And that's what his death did. Uh, li- listen to the scripture in 1 John 4.20. It said, this is how we talk in the office. Yeah. <laughs> what about the roof, leaping the roof? <laughs> the the, the, oh, the oh. people that are looking from outside, you know, they'll say, well, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It says, First says, um, John 4.20. It says, the one who fears is not made perfect in love. Mm. We love... Because he first loved us. That's a pregnant thought. That we receive something from love, uh, from God. God is love. The the love that believes, the love that hopes, the love that is not prideful. And then when we receive it and we dwell in it, we pass it on. Right? So that if we find that we're not passing it on, there is a valid question that we can ask, have you really received it? Or are you receiving it? as a continuous thing. He says, we love because he first loves us, or loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. Hmm. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot. Cannot. Hmm. He cannot love God, whom he has not seen. So we say, deeper in Christ, stronger together. Yeah. So I say, if we cannot be stronger together, how can we be deeper in Christ yeah. and vice versa? In, impossible, yeah. And vice versa. They're both connected. Yeah. So, so what Paul was really saying, and then the third cluster, Paul now Paul, starts Paul <laughs> saying, in that cluster, he now starts saying, now if you're going to take of it, if you're going to eat of it, he says, judge yourselves. Mm. And what are we judging? He says, because you must discern the body. Don't just take it as if this is for me alone. No, really. It brings you to that place of that unity, that bond of unity. He says because those who haven't discerned properly, what they've done is, he says many are weak, Mm. many sleep uh, amongst you. So this is what I believe. That this conversation of communion is really a conversation of, of our common union. And God is calling us to that common union, aside for our, our brokenness, aside from everything. God says, I have given you what it takes yeah. to have that common union, that common bond that brings life. Mm. And if you stop it, discard it, fight against it, bring division to it. He says, many are weak mm. in our faith, in our pursuit of Christ. He says, a many sleep. And that's a dangerous thought.
0: Yeah. Yeah, what I'm hearing you unfold, and I know you've got more to unfold. There'll be days. I told you there'd be more days. What I'm hearing you unfold is, uh, is God's blessing, God's presence, beholding God, what He has for us, happens when we're united together. Yes. And our common union is Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah. And I love as you highlight that we will be stronger together in Christ because we're living examples. You go through transitions like changes of jobs. And there could be rumors out there saying, oh, there must have been something between Brian and Joseph. Brian's the new lead pastor and he didn't want Joseph on the team. And Cut that lie down. Because what we have in unity together is Jesus Christ. And we bring our gifts in the season and in the way that God calls us to. And so I stand here declaring that we're brothers. (laughs) And we're going to continue to serve the vision that God has here. And continue to believe for others of us, others of you, to be brothers and sisters in Christ. Because we have the common union together that will make us stronger. Amen. Amen? Thank you, my brother. Bless you. you. Yeah. 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 As I share about getting... Deeper in Christ, and Joseph shares about going stronger together, this is just examples of more that God has in store for us this year. I only see a little bit in part. God sees it all for us. And he wants to take us further than we've ever been before. Let me share one illustration of this that God leapt into my heart during our prayer and fasting week. And it was while I was at an evening gathering in somebody's home and we were praying and we were in the context of talking about Um, Koinonia, praying over Koinonia. And what I began to see is Koinonia in heaven and kind of coming together like this. And what was being prayed out was just praying over us as a church body. Koinonia, fellowship. That we'd be able to do life together with one another. Have unity, common union. That we would, as we'd walk together, we'd do the shared life of Jesus together. And that's what people were praying out. And I began to see the generations that are represented here in the church body. And then I began to see the different nations that are represented here. And people coming from different parts of the world to be a part of what God is doing at Koinonia. And what stirred in my pastoral heart was, God, I want to know these people. I want to do life with them. I want to know their names, their first names. I want to be able to pronounce them correctly. I want to know their kids' names. I want to know their ages and what's going on in their families. And then I began to think, that's impossible, God that's impossible for me to remember and to connect in all those ways and know them all. Because we do have people here from Spanish nations with Spanish names. We have people here from African nations with African names. We have people who've grown up in this house who are gathered in this house that are named Carissa, Charissa, and Larissa. (laughs) And sometimes they're all on the same worship team at the same time. And so, but my heart is stirring and saying, but God, you created us to have fellowship and unity together, to break bread together, to meet together. God, I only think this is possible with you. And he says, yes. He says, I can do something supernatural among you so that Koinonia has true fellowship as a body together, coming together as believers to bring heaven on earth. Isn't that what we want? God's vision and heart and purpose here on earth. From my staff announcements this morning, you might be thinking, well, then, Brian, why are you planning to release Joseph? We need more Josephs, more African representation. When you heard Pastor Otto resigning back last summer, you might say, but why? We need more Spanish representation. You might have met our Svet sisters, and we need, you say, we need more Ru- Russian representation. You might say, there's too many white ball guys on the platform. And, and what's going on with that? I believe God says, we need all of the above. We need all of the above. Because that's what heaven looks like. God is doing something that's bigger than us. And we need to put our faith to it and say, yes, God, bring it on. We want to experience you uniting us together as a family, as brothers and sisters. And inviting in new brothers and sisters. Because we want to see God produce kingdom-sized fruit. Amen? We don't need one Joseph one Pastor Brian, one Delia. No, we need all coming together to say, God, let this be as you have given us heart and faith to believe it is here and possible now. Church, would you stand with me? Because we're going to go into prayer. Then we're going to go back into worshiping our King of Kings. And I don't believe I'm the only one in the room saying yes to God's vision for this year of 2020. I believe many of you are saying, let's do this, God. We want to see you do it among us make us stronger together. So I encourage you then yield to Jesus this morning. Say, Jesus, take me deeper with you. Where do I need to go with you this year, this month, today? Jesus, take me deeper. Put a new poetic prayer on my heart. Give me new words that I could put a date to to say I know as of, as of today that I'm loved by my Father. As we step into this, God will make us stronger together. Can I just invite you to, let's just go to prayer right now, and I invite you just to to pray out in a whisper, pray out in your prayer language. Let's just say yes and amen and agree with what God is stirring in us. Father, take us deeper. Father God, we want to be rooted in Jesus. Father, hear us as we pray this morning. Lord God, we are your sons and daughters. We are your church. You are the head of this church. Lead us, God, in this vision. Lead us from your heart. God, reach through us with the love we have with one another to spread your love in this world. Oh, Father, we thank you for Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords.